Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado on another Rock Your Socks episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the real story of cannabis from the eyes of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this incredible industry forward. If you're someone who's looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a business owner or budding entrepreneur in this space, I'd love to hear your story. Shoot me an email, sonia at medicalsecrets.com, and I'll be excited to connect. As you know, it's our mission to bring the truth about cannabis to the forefront of the industry and help you to make educated, empowered decisions about how you want to care for yourself and the people that you love or otherwise join and enjoy this beautiful gift of life. Um, Thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I invite you to like and share this content. Make sure that you tag people you believe that this is going to make a difference for When you like and share, you are a part of helping us to impact hundreds of millions of people's lives around the world. And I thank you for being a part of this incredible family. You guys know how I have a warm and fuzzy place in my heart for the women entrepreneurs of the cannabis and hemp industry. And today we have fished out yet another fierce vocal medical cannabis advocate, independent medical cannabis writer, educator, consultant, researcher, NACB member, Florida medical cannabis patient, speaker, and community liaison. uh, Green Flower Cannabis Fundamentals certification um, owner and U.S. Pain Foundation junior ambassador, um, retired uh, retired faculty of UWF English department and communications art department with multiple certifications, including a BA of education in 1995, master's in 99 with UWF English education secondary and green flower cannabis fundamentals certification. She operates every day under the principles of radical compassion, radical honesty, and radical kindness. They uh, theoretically own the plant and the plant fiber. Um, this is probably one of the most passionate women that I know in this space, a fellow woman in cannabis and a fellow patient and advocate. Help me welcome my good friend, Heather Allman. How's it going, Heather? It's going well. Thank you for that warm welcome, Sonia. Uh, it's wonderful to be in a space with another fierce woman advocate. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. I'm super excited to help my audience get to know you a bit better and to have a fierce and furious conversation around Mother Mary Jane. Can you quickly tell us a little bit about your past and how you ended up in the cannabis craze? 
I can. I started out a teaching at University of West Florida after I obtained my degrees. I taught there for 13 years, mostly online courses from 2000 until 2010. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, a very advanced case of it when, in 2010, and had to abruptly stop teaching. So needless to say, I lost my, my direction, my passion for a little while, and I came to cannabis in 2013 with the first petition that came through Florida for the 2014 vote, um, Florida for Care. I worked actively with that petition movement and it didn't quite pass uh, with the majority we needed, but I kept at it and I found a way to spread my voice and kind of turn my passion into a self-taught entrepreneurial uh, endeavor into cannabis. And I started microdosing myself way before it was kind of trendy to do so because I've ways to medicate to get the relief that I needed. Wow, that's pretty incredible. And, and you're currently still in Florida now, right? I am. I became a patient in 2017 and I became a vocal advocate that year. I took the normal route. I've joined all the national organizations, the ASA, the DPA, you know, the, the LEAP organizations that I knew were going to be, you know, uh, beneficial, I thought, towards, you know, working in the cannabis space. And what I found is what you found, that there's not a lot of room for female voices. And it's very hard to get people to take you seriously. So I decided to, you know, endeavor into back what I knew, which was writing. And since I had come down from 25 medications daily to six, I now take six medications daily. I stopped just existing and started living again through cannabis. And I decided that, you know, it was my passion to share that, that voice that I had, the ability to do so. And I started writing for the Cannabis Law Report in 2019. It's just last year. And since June, I have published almost 50 articles. So I'm really just booking them along and, and trying to get as much information about the plant, how I use it, how it can help people, how people who are, you know, the states that can only use hemp, how, how that can be beneficial as well. And just trying to, to spread as much cannabis love and knowledge as I can. So directing my passion in a different way, but it, it's ended up benefiting a lot more people and having a lot more impact, I believe. So what is one of your main goals as, you know, as you're promoting Heather Allman, what is it that you are like, what are you writing about? What are you striving to achieve? What's your end in mind? What role do you see yourself playing in this space right now? Well, I'm, I don't get any compensation for my writing. So I find that it's, it's extremely, I'm able to get a lot of audience interviews with people. I, I traveled to Indiana. I talked to Indiana Normal to see what they were doing. I've spoken to people in Israel, uh, a gentleman who, Jacob Levine, who wrote a book, Canvas Discourse. I have interviewed uh, the owner of Metafarm in Australia. So I have found that by promoting just myself and being just radically honest that, look, I'm in this by myself, but I'm here to do whatever I can to help. I have had a lot of people open up to me more freely in a way that I don't feel I would have if I was affiliated with a specific brand or specific company or a specific organization. 
So I, I think people respond well to that authenticity, which I'm sure you have found in, in your podcasting as well, that, that when you're yourself, people respond that, to that the most. I love that. And do you primarily, you're primarily just telling your story of how you created your own transformation? Uh, no, that's just one piece. That was mine called The Seven Year Itch. I publish everything from uh, articles. Mostly my big hang up right now is sustainability and the lack thereof in the cannabis industry. I mean, as an end user, as a patient, as you mentioned, I have so many vape cartridges and boxes and paper and pamphlets and containers and, and I have nowhere to take them. And I have a lot of writing I do that is based on sustainability and what we can do, what's been done, what works, what doesn't work. I, I was recently appointed to be on the new board for the National Association of Cannabis Businesses is making national standards for sustainability. So I was recently appointed to be on that board. So that's very exciting because I get to give my voice to an even larger audience by setting out some, some standard operating procedures for, for other companies to follow nationwide. So I do, I do a lot of speaking on, you know, I just wrote an article about MedMen and Parallel or Sertera Wellness here in Florida that comes to a lot of theoretical conclusions on what I think they're doing. I think there's going to be a merger or reverse takeover or some kind of acquisition because they are directly parallel to each other in location here in Florida. So I think there's something going on there with the one's going to be retail, one's going to be delivery or, you know, when we get to recreational. So I do a lot of opinion pieces as well. I write about all facets of the industry. I write about advocacy and how to get started. And I write about, you know, just your basic today's article that he published, I believe was called uh, Think Before You Wake and Bake. And it's about drinking caffeine and your caffeine intake and how it affects your THC intake which is actually extremely interesting. So I, I, have, I run the gamut. My background in writing helps a lot because I read a lot and that leads to a lot of rapid holes and I end up covering the spectrum of cannabis. I, I cover everything from minimizing wastewater to you know, what I think the big companies are out there doing by cutting employment and, you know, losing re- revenues and, and the things we're finding out that are happening in the industry are there's, you know, we're in that merger and acquisition phase, I feel. So I do write a lot about the, you know, the business of cannabis as well. So I, I have, I have a lot, uh, my focus is mostly sustainability, but I write about anything and everything that I can get my hands on. Love that. I love, I love that you have a multifaceted voice in this space. And I know that you're a public speaker as well as a, you know, very public advocate for this. Um, talk to me, what, what are some of the subject matters that you enjoy speaking on most and where have you been featured? I have been featured at the, we have a medical marijuana awareness day that travels around Florida. I've been on the patient panel numerous times talking about my, my usage. And at the time I started, I was 25 meds down to, you know, 12 or 13 and thought that was impressive. And now I'm down to five or six. So immediately there's a lot of questions about how do you know? How do you find this out? And and I tell, I guess one of the biggest things I love to speak on, when, no matter where I'm featured, I, I've done a couple library events with some local dispensaries and talk just about cannabis and for the public and how to even go about getting it because a lot of people are afraid to 
start the process. They don't know if they can still work. They don't know if they can still own a handgun. I mean, it's, it's a little bit confusing here in Florida. So I like to speak on self-advocating and, and that runs into all facets, your healthcare, your cannabis regimen, keeping track of it, a journal. So you do know what works and where you got it. And that's for hemp, CBD, cannabis, doesn't matter what you're using. I think it's, it's smart to know exactly what and for me i found that cbg is my my unicorn so i'm very passionate to talk to people about cbg because nobody's interested they're all interested in the cbd and i try to get them talking about some of the other cbs as i call them the cbs because there's a few of them and they all do very different things and and we know now with this craft hemp that's coming out of a lot of the midwestern states it's very helpful for people for a lot of those same reasons that medical cannabis and CBD works. So I think they need, you know, to see that the full spec, the full spectrum in many ways, uh, you know, a double entendre there, the full spectrum of, of voice and, and topic and subject matter, but also the full spectrum of what is in your cannabis. And when you're done with it, what do you do with it? <laughs> those, those are my two, my two big speaking points when, when I do, uh, feature things. I worked in the support group as well with Sotera Wellness uh, before they became parallel and, and they carried the Jimmy Buffett Coral Reefer line. And I did some patient support education seminars. Overall, probably about six um, on a monthly basis where the patients would come and just ask questions about their specific products. And I found that I learned a lot and in doing that and from the patients as much as from my research, which is why I went on to do the, the green flower certification. I have found that being certified in cannabis fundamentals from green flower does help me get some doors open because people see, Oh, she's certified. At least she knows something and somebody else thinks so too, not just me. So it's nice to, to, as, as a woman, especially you're a minority in this space to start with. And I feel that my, you know, my education background and being able to be a public speaker helps me not just give my words a voice, but have face and people can relate to that. And they can see somebody who's a productive member of society, I feel, and, and, and is still a user, a consumer of cannabis on a daily basis throughout the day throughout the night. I mean, I, I went from, you know, chronic pain level of 10 down to a one or two. So it's, it's been amazing for me. And I, if people ask me questions, I think my strength in that speaking is the radical honesty that I answer with. If I don't know, I don't know. I try to find out, I get in contact with you. I will tell you as much as I know, but I'm the first to admit that, you know, we're all learning in this space. This is so new. We're all learning as we go. It's so true. I was just talking about this in another episode where, um, you know, I was like, if someone claims to know it all, run the other direction. This is such a new space that like, there's nobody who is an expert. We're all just learning at the same pace. And some people might be more educated in some facets. However, I wouldn't necessarily consider any one person like the go-to expert on everything cannabis or hemp. It's just too new. 
I would agree with that statement. It's too new. And yes, if somebody's claiming that if you're trying to get a certification, just for example, and then this school is claiming to, you know, employ the most people and always avoid those words, run the other way. And those, those people don't know what's happening. They just want you to think they do. And, and when you're in this industry, you learn very quickly that everything you just learned yesterday may be totally moot and <laughs> invalid today. So you just relearn and you move on. So I think adaptation is a big key as well. You, you just have to evolve with the space. And so, yes, not knowing everything is an, is an advantage, I feel, an advantage. People can relate to when you don't know something. Everybody's been there. Totally. Absolutely. Um, Here's a question for you. In getting started in your sector of business, first of all, maybe you can explain a little bit about your business model. I think there's a lot of people out there who are trying to figure out like, how can they apply their passion and skill sets to this industry in a way that gets them paid, number one. And number two, um, you know, there are depending on the path that you choose to get into this space, there's multiple challenges that come along with that. So I'd love to hear from you first, like, how do you make your way in the industry? You know, is it a good business model for you? Are you excited about the work that you're doing, first of all? And then the second question I'll I'll have for you has to do around, you know, selecting your path and participation in the space. What are the unique challenges that you have faced along the way? Okay. I would say that my my endeavor started a lot with how I get myself in the space is honestly, I just ask people. I have found that being direct and you find out, I read a lot of the, even the classifieds, the local papers that come out with events in them. I read about health events coming out on LinkedIn and I kind of just cold you know, write a letter. I'm a resume writer. So I transfer my skills as a teacher and a writer into writing these cover letters. I send them to people who are doing the event and I say, look, I'm not selling anything, but I am a presenter. If you don't want to use me as a main speaker, I'd be more than happy to do a question and answer session, a workshop. You know, you give me a topic, I'll find a way to talk about it. So I think mine has been mostly grassroots, word of mouth, I do a lot of work with the small business community. I go out and about and find the businesses that are selling the CBD that are credible. And then I try to team up with them and say, hey, why don't you guys do an event? So it is a lot of work on your own. You spend a lot of time approaching people, just outright asking, kind of like I found your podcast. I mean, I just discovered somebody who I admired the way that you were going about it. And I listened to it. And as soon as I heard the revolution would not be televised, I was hooked. So I think that a lot of it is, is self-discovery. So you're, you're back to that being your own self-advocate. You have to be that squeaky will as much to yourself as you do with other people about cannabis. You have to kind of be learning constantly. So I think that I evolved to this place by asking for help. I, I put myself out there. I don't charge anything right now. And I try, I'm trying to, I have gotten to a place where I've done reviews for 
places like Prohibition Partners in London. They put out a North American cannabis report. So I got paid for that review. So I have, you know, made an entrepreneur, a business out of it. So my business is more, the model is of a nonprofit. I go into everything with, I'm not making any profit off of this, but I'm willing to share what I know. And then if that business wants to take it and use it on their social media, if they want to use the content, if they want me to write show notes, I give them all of that freely in an effort to then the next time they, then they say, I'll pay you this much money for a speaker fee or a promotional fee. So I I have found that it's a lot of work yourself. I mean, as you know, you kind of weasel your way and worm your way into situations that you feel that you can be helpful or you can add to the conversation because a lot of times those opportunities aren't just presented to you. So I I would say that's, it is a business model that works for me. I think it would work for more people, but I, I know that if you work for a specific brand or if you're tied to a product or, or something to that, you know, a loyalty of some kind, I always tell people that I don't have brand loyalty. I have cannabis loyalty. So my business, my business model is cannabis loyalty above all else and patients first, not profit. So I would say those are my two biggest pieces of advice. If you want to start grassroots and entrepreneuring, you know, a little of being yourself into the cannabis space and you want to be unaffiliated like I am. So you have the opportunity to be freelance. And so that's why I went to Indiana on my own to see a friend who was having surgery. And I went on LinkedIn, which isn't, as if anybody knows, hopefully not very strict about the cannabis space. So there's a lot of conversation. You can find out a lot of things that, you know, aren't posted on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and places that are edited and, and compromised. And I reached out to any contact I had in Indianapolis and said, I'm going to be in town. Are you going to be doing any events? And I literally got so much feedback from, I was invited to three or four events. I went to the International State uh, Nursing Conference. They were doing a paper on cannabis policy. I covered that, wrote an article about that. I asked some people that had invited me to a local event at a coffee shop that was a women's gathering that talked about women and cannabis. And it actually drew a lot of people from the public that were mothers, young mothers who have kids that they need to use it for, that they had a lot of questions about dosing and how do you find out what works and and is it all trial and error? And and again, you have to make that correlation for people back to the real world to make yourself valuable in the situation. And that is, you know, if you were taking a medication that was a pharmaceutical, you're also operating on the presence of trial and error. So when you come to cannabis, you have to look at it like, it's going to take me a little bit to figure out what works for me the best and what works for me at night. So I have been covering everything from normal events to Indiana State Nurses events to I met some lovely ladies who own their business, CannaMedU in Indianapolis, that are all about just educating healthcare professionals in the Midwest. So I, and then of course I do a lot. Now I'm going to be on this board with the National Association of Cannabis Businesses. And that came about solely because of the articles that I write. Um, they came to me and asked me if I would be interested in doing that. And of course I would be obviously you know, willing to have my voice heard on a national level in the cannabis space. So I, I would say to people, take advantage of every opportunity and have cannabis loyalty. 
unless somebody is paying you, don't take, don't, don't tie into their brand specifically or a person or a place specifically until you know this can be a revenue source for you or that you can some way, you know, leverage it into a revenue source. Because I think that's the mistake. People start out in the space thinking it's going to be very profitable. And we know, those of us in it, that that's not always the case. If, I mean, to get the information out there, to get what you need, sometimes you have to give away your services for free because you can reach more people that way. And eventually, you get to where you can make some revenue or get a revenue stream from your efforts because people take notice. So I would say, you know, make yourself vulnerable, put yourself out there, let people know that you're interested in helping them out with their events and just see what kind of responses you get. Such good advice. Um, I remember what it was like when I was just getting started and maybe you can relate to this. Um, But when I was just getting started in this business, from the patient's perspective, I had this like deep emotional connection and still do have a deep emotional connection to the plant, but also the advocates of the plant who are, um, who shall remain unmentioned, you know, all of the people who have fought for so many years, um, on behalf of this plant and yet don't, didn't have the, um, you know, opportunity or perhaps didn't, feel safe enough to make that transition into mainstream. So I always do my best to represent the authenticity that once was this industry. And now it's very profit driven. But with that, you know, with that drive, there's also quite a bit of potential that opens up for us to unleash the real power of this plant um, and really explore its potential. I'm super excited for science to sort of enter its way in here to continue to extrapolate the, this plant so that we can really understand what its full, you know, potential is. And as we start to understand these other cannabinoids and, you know, blends of terpenes and so on and so forth, or how it works with other herbs, it's going to be such a fascinating time and I'm super excited about it. What a crazy time too that, you know, with live events being canceled all over the country right now, that it's still considered to be one of the most powerful ways to build and grow business. For you, one of the questions I have for you is, you know, what is your, what is your end in mind? What makes the biggest difference for you? Like, how will you know that your quote unquote work is done um, in this industry? Like what's the milestone that you're pie in the sky that you're working towards? My milestone would be that every single article I write gets picked up. I have an Australian publisher, so a lot of our stuff does get picked up by various news outlets, such as the Green Market Report. So I would say my voice is to have the biggest audience that I possibly can for what I need to say about cannabis. And I mean, you can disagree, you can argue, you can, you know, you can write another article, but I want someday the end goal will be when I read an article and somebody has quoted me. That, that for me that that's the end goal. I want somebody to be able to look at my work and say that it's comprehensive enough on a topic to use it as research of their own. So I think when that happens, when I can Google myself and I've got you know so and such speaker cited you 115 times, and I can say, okay, I think my work is done. 
But I don't know that your work is ever done in cannabis. If you're a consumer, especially, and, and you use it as I do, as part of your life. I've been using it since the early 90s. I, I wasn't a user in high school, but I, I did as soon as I was in college and was on my own. And I found it opened up so many creative doors for me being in English. I, I was able to you know, take these film classes and write these wonderful papers. And of course, I was consuming cannabis the entire time, but I found it to be what I call, you know, a reducing valve. And I think that's part of it too, is that people recognize the, as you're saying, exciting time we're in and the things, the properties, the products that we have in store for us once we can merge pharmaceuticals with the pH and pharmaceuticals with the F. You know, the F word, nobody wants to talk about pharmaceuticals, as I like to call them. And and I think that, you know, if we could have a transdermal patch that totally had a full dose of eucalyptol in the form of Ben Gay or, or an associated product or a similar product mixed with CBD and THC in a patch, a transdermal patch or a pill, that's what we need in this industry. And it's going to happen, as you said, it's happening as we speak. It's just, you know, a little slow moving. We're getting there, just slowly but surely. And what is it? What do you think? What do you think it's going to be um, like post coronavirus mayhem? Are you including a lot of a lot of information about cannabis and corona right now? I I personally am not because I find there's a lot of it in the space, and I'm just trying to let it die down and sift out so I can write more informed articles about it and not reactionary. I don't want it to you know alarm anybody unnecessarily. I know how well it's affecting the event cycle, you know, circle and and the industry, the 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 cultivation side. But I, there's a lot of people talking about that right now. So I think for me, I want to wait until there's more truth and radical honesty in, in the whole COVID-19 situation before I attempt to tackle that, you know? Okay. Uh, so, yes. So I think it's affecting a lot of my, you know, my consultations of people have been canceled or people want to do them virtually. So of course I do whatever they are comfortable with. But I have an immune condition, autoimmune condition, and I am literally just trying to maintain and not turn into Howard Hughes about the whole situation. So <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be panicked unnecessarily. But I still have to. I have been acknowledging, you know, the occurrence of of the COVID nineteen, how it's affecting things in my articles when it's pertinent. I've just decided to wait to focus on, for clarity's sake. We have such a unique perspective right now, and it's such a it's it's such a unique time and place where we're you know hit from all sides with all different types of information. And I think it's hard for certainly the consumer to differentiate what's real and what's not real, but definitely the entrepreneur who's like, you know, what's hype and what's what's real life. And I'd love in this in this portion of our interview for you to be able to give us just some insight based off of what you know and where you've been. And you already gave us a tremendous amount of value earlier when talking about your business model. But I'd love to hear really specifically, knowing what you know now and having come through what you've been through, what would be one or two key pieces of advice that you could offer budding entrepreneurs as they're coming into this space? I would offer the piece of advice to be willing to open yourself up to new experiences, even, you know, public speaking. That's a big, a big 
industry within an industry right now is, you know, personal consultations, public speaking, doing talks at libraries, public buildings, health places. And I think that that's my first piece of advice is just be willing to try anything. Because if you're just wanting to get your foot in the door and get, you know, things going, you've got to be willing to take risks. And so I think that not even necessarily risky situations, just having the openness of, of mind and, and physicality and heart to say, okay, I can try this. I don't like to talk in front of people, but I can do it this time. So that would be my first piece of advice. And the second one would be, you have to realize that it is very competitive and you have to go into the market knowing that it's competitive from any angle, as you just said, from any angle, no matter which, which avenue you're trying to get into, it's very competitive. So I say, be honest, be transparent, be responsible and be credible. And if, if more of us would take that on, take on that role of leadership and, and instead of having it thrust upon us, just take it on. So I think that's my second piece of advice is, is own that shit. Just, just say, Hey, I use, I know a lot about it and I can help you. And, and you just have to take, take the initiative and you have to, you have to own your knowledge and your power to make change and evoke change. Because if you don't, no one else is going to do that for you. And there wouldn't be anybody taking the chance. If you're you know, coming into the market, you don't have to offer the latest and greatest product. All you have to do is be consistent and be safe right now, especially. And people will be drawn to your brand and your products because that's what people want right now is safety and efficacy and comfort. And if you're in the space right now, yes, it's going to be a tricky time for everybody, I think, navigating the COVID-19 fiasco, as I like to call it, because it's a very real thing, but it's been handled so poorly that we all are trying to navigate out of the pieces right now. So, you know, stick with it and, and just own, own your knowledge, own what you don't know, and be willing to try anything to just, you know, succeed at, you know, reaching as many people as you can, especially starting now. You can always build your, your base up later and you can, you know, increase your ROI later on, but you've got to start someplace. Gosh, it's so true. And what an important thing, um, what an important thing to focus on, you know, is just finding your voice and finding your confidence to be able to share, um, to be able to share your voice. And yeah. One of the number one assets that I have had in this industry is my story, but more importantly is my ability to tell my story in a way that makes the biggest impact. So while you guys are considering coming into this space, really think about the things that make you most unique and how to put those facts of your life into a sequence of events that is edutaining educating and edu entertaining <laughs> at the same time. You want to edutain the people that are consuming your content because let's be frank, if they wanted to read an almanac, they would have gone to the you know, they would have gone to a different source. But you want to be, you know, you want to be captivating right. 
and make a difference at the same time. So really think about how you're telling your story and how you leverage your story to make the biggest difference. Um, right. And, and know when to leverage your story. Sometimes it's not quite appropriate to, you know, to take another, you know, you know, site and they're doing a cause for MS, for example, and I have MS. So it's not right for me to take your cause at the time, but I can always tie my cannabis in later. So just know when it's appropriate to use your voice is always a good rule of thumb. Such good advice. Heather, I'm so excited to have you on this show. Where can folks find you if they're interested in reading more about you or your content or following your story and journey? Uh, you can find all of my work at CannabisLaw.Report. So just C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S-L-A-W.Report. R-E-P-O-R-T. And you can sign up for the newsletter and he sends that out every Monday. So that's Monday, Australia time or Tuesday. I'm not sure they're a day ahead of us. So it gets confusing. But also I have um, LinkedIn, my profile. I list and, and link to everything that I do from podcast to TV to radio. I always joke that I've been in print and I've been in radio, I've been in TV. And thank you for giving me the opportunity again to be in a podcast. I've broken the fourth wall in cannabis. So, so now I've done a few pod, I've done a few podcasts. So thank you for the opportunity. I do appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure and super honored to have you on and excited to continue to watch your success. Um, love the local lady bosses in our space. So big hugs to you and thanks so much for the incredible work that you're doing. And for those of you guys who are part of our community, thanks so much for joining us here at the Hemp Revolution podcast and for being a part of the Medical Secrets family. As you know, we live to serve you with the truth about cannabis so that you can make empowered decisions about how you want to care for yourself and the people that you love. And this is, by the way, the most beautiful gift of life. And I hope that you enjoy and fortify with the with the incredible products that are available on the marketplace. Check us out at medicalsecrets.com for some of our favorite picks and easy to digest information on how to effectively select and use your products. And make sure that if you are a budding entrepreneur or business owner in this space, I'd love to hear your story. Shoot me an email, sonia at medicalsecrets.com. Lots of love to you guys in the industry. Stay healthy, stay strong. This too shall pass. Lots of love from me, your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez. This is the Hemp Revolution Podcast. Be kind. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution, and we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.